Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 21st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. And joining me is Tim fucking Gettys. It's a Monday, Bless. You know what that means. It's Tim and Bless Bro. on Games Daily. And we're bringing the biggest video game news that you need to know. What a Monday. What, what a Monday. What a news story to wake up to. I can't wait to get into it. Every time me and you unite, drums or bomb or uh, bo- bombs are dropped, and like mm-hmm. today is no different. So let's get into it immediately. Uh, today's stories include Microsoft buying Bethesda, Hades being a huge success, and more. Because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping, RTX continues this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. You can catch me, Greg, and Tim on the Superhero Smack Talk panel where we decide once and for all who's superior between Marvel and DC. That's happening live. I don't think that's going to be the point of the panel, Is it by not? the way. I, I, whoever wrote that, I think it's, it's more of just a celebration of like oh, all the it? movies and games I, and comics coming out. I but, mean, it's called Superhero Smack Talk. As I mean, far we'll as I understand. See, we'll see how this goes. I don't know. That's not what I was pitched when I agreed to it. But okay. hey, it'll be I'm fun. Gonna say, it'll be fun Marvel. Way. I'm just going to say the answer is Marvel. I don't hey. know. If, if, if this thing what the panel is, I'm going to make it this. Marvel okay, better fair. than DC. Yeah, but the problem is I feel like you've got Greg, and I feel like that's going to pull you into like having to descend, defend DC, and that's not a good well, spot. Well, as I as I understand it, is we're going to be looking at like the different mediums, right? I like we're comparing game thing, games, TV, and comics. The important and, thing like, is it's going to be good fun. Show it's up. It's going to be fun. Roosterteeth.com on Wednesday and see what happens. Uh, would you like to have a happy happy half hour with Greg and Friday Night Lights Scott Porter? Uh, then head to kindoffunny.com slash Team Porter. Scott's raising money to fight Huntington's disease. And he and Greg have put up a paint can drinking Zoom call for the charity auction. Uh, there's also a ton of video oh, game no. stuff. So check out everything benefiting the Huntington's, Huntington's Disease Society of America. Kindoffunny.com slash Team Porter. I love how, of course, Kind of Funny Games Daily everything's happening live that didn't appear on the dock until literally i got i got there like i i reread this dock moments before the show i love it uh, and greg added that in very last minute and so shout out to greg for keeping things up to date up to date he's now adding in another bullet point to the dock he says ha 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 uh dash greg and so greg i i appreciate it thank you to our patreon producers tom bach mom and muhammad and blackjack today we're brought to you by logitech klarna and HelloFresh. but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the World Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Uh, Baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, a juggernaut. Microsoft has acquired Bethesda. I'm reading from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. Let me Xbox- stop you right there. While you it. read this, I want everyone at home to think about this and to help us out here in the chat. Has there ever been an acquisition this big in video game history? Because I'm trying to, I'm rattling my brain, even like big ones to come to mind. Insomniac recently with PlayStation. Going back before that, we have Rare with Microsoft. Yeah. Square and Enix merging together was a huge deal. 
I think this is on another level. I can't think of anything uh, of this size. And Tim, before you even get into it, I want to know, what was your immediate reaction upon waking up and reading this headline? I woke up, and uh, I woke up earlier than I wanted to. And I was just like, literally going to set my alarm for later. But every time I do that, I'm always like, mm. I'm going to check Slack just to see what's popping off. The, the Kind of Funny Games Daily Slack channel we have. And there wasn't much in that Slack channel. But in the thumbnail request channel, Oh yeah. You had requested a thumbnail for Microsoft acquires Bethesda. And I was like, what the fuck? Immediately yeah. went to Twitter. Thought you were fucking around. Saw the news was real. And immediately just like lay there for a second. Gia's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing's wrong. Games are fucking insane. Like the craziest thing just happened. And and I trying to break it down to her of how big a deal this was. I'm or is. I was saying, look. You know, at E3, there's like a whole bunch of press conferences. On the biggest year of E3, there's usually seven conferences. There'll be the big three, Nintendo, Sony, Xbox. And then there's the the four kind of publishers, which are the Square Enix, the Bethesda, the UB, and the EA. Xbox just bought one of those. <laughs> like, Legit- that's insane. An entire press conference worth of announcements and games are now owned by Xbox. My God. Legitimately, this is one of those ones where I I have my alarm set for 7 a.m. on days when I'm hosting, and I woke up, my my alarm rang at 7, I woke up, and I was like, all right, I went to bed late last night, I'm just going to snooze this for another 30 minutes, because, like, you know, there's, no, there's probably not going to be much news, and then, like, about three minutes into me going back to sleep, it hit me that it was Monday, and there's always always a big thing that happens on Monday, and so I was like, all I right, let me, just, let me just check Twitter real quick. I'm like the anti-Garfield. Oh, yeah, you just love Mondays. Uh, F Fridays, though. But no, I was like, all right, let me just check Twitter real quick to see what's going on. And I saw that I had a bunch of notifications, which to me indicated, oh, crap, am I canceled? Like, what, what happened? Like, what's going on here? Uh, wait, and a wait, bunch wait, of people wait, wait. were... Have you done something bad that we don't know of? That's oh, not how it works. Uh, all right, all right. You, know, you also, never know. Tim, you love lasagna. So in some ways, you are like Garfield. Fuck, man. You know what? I take back my anti-Garfield stance. Tim is the Garfield, kind of funny. But no, like I, I, I looked at my notification, <laughs> saw a bunch of people were attacking me and stuff, like going crazy. And I was like, what is this? Saw the headline, Bethesda, or uh, Microsoft acquires Bethesda. And immediately I, like, I looked at that and I was like, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> like legit, like I couldn't stop saying, oh shit. And I was like, okay, I might as well just get up right now and take a shower because this, this is going to take some processing. And so I'm going to point this I'm back to, to Joe Scrubbles at IGN who writes, Xbox has announced its plans to acquire ZeniMax Media and, with it, Bethesda Softworks, creators and publishers of The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, Quake, Starfield, and more. Announced by head of Xbox Phil Spencer in an Xbox Wire post today, Microsoft will acquire ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion, three times the $2.5 billion it paid for Mojang and Minecraft in 2014. And the formal purchase is expected to close in the second half of 2021. The deal includes ZeniMax Media as a whole, Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tangle Gameworks, AlphaDog, and Roundhouse Studios. In a blog post, Bethesda SVP of Global Marketing, Pete Hines said, quote, we'll still we'll we're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios we've worked with for years, and those games will be published by us. The move, Heinz explains, is because Microsoft, quote, has, has access to resources that will make us a better publisher and developer, end quote. 
It's unclear whether Bethesda will be considered part of or separate to the existing Xbox Game Studios fold. IGN asked Bethesda for clarification on that and the effect on its in-development games, including Starfield's intended platforms and the timed PlayStation exclusivity for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, but was told there would be no comment beyond the existing statements given today. While avoiding any specifics, Todd Howard alluded to the idea of exclusives indicating perhaps that Bethesda would not be limited to the Xbox ecosystem. Quote, like our original partnership, this one is about more than one system or screen. We share a deep belief in the fundamental power of games, in their ability to, to connect, empower, and bring joy, and a belief we should bring that to everyone, regardless of who you are, where you live, or what you play on, regardless of screen size, the controller, or your ability to use one, end quote. Xbox also says it'll be adding Bethesda's iconic franchises to Xbox Game Pass for console and PC. A press release added that Bethesda's future games will be added at launch into Xbox Game Pass uh, on Xbox or PC. Uh, following that, of course, the internet going crazy, everybody reacting. They did uh, the damn thing. They did the damn thing. I got a few more tweets to grant us some context. I have this first tweet from Nebellion at or Nibel at Nebellion on Twitter, who says, some details regarding uh, Microsoft PR, or some details from Microsoft PR. Microsoft is paying $7.5 billion in cash for ZeniMax Media. Game Pass has reached 15 million subscribers and is growing. I believe that's about 5 million more subscribers since spring, which is wild. Uh, Microsoft now has 23 studios, but Bethesda's future games will be on Game Pass on launch day. Jason Schreier tweeted this, to answer the question everyone is asking, Phil Spencer tells Dina Base, uh, Dina Base of Bloomberg, I believe, that Xbox plans to honor the PS5 exclusivity commitment for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. So those will still be launched exclusives. Next gen uh, is wild for PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, right. Microsoft publishing exclusives for PlayStation is like legit one of the most wild things to happen out of this next gen run-up. Uh, and then Jason says, uh, future Bethesda games will be on Xbox, PC, and quote other consoles on a case-by-case -case basis, which we can argue about what that means in a second. Uh, and then Obsidian, or some, Michael Hamilton on, on Twitter, uh, just a Twitter user, tweeted, at, at Obsidian says, so Fallout New Vegas 2 is a legit possibility now, right? And then Obsidian took that tweet, quote tweeted it, and did like the shrug emoji of like, hey, I guess so. Like, <laughs> Tim, like where do we start with this? Because there's, there's a lot to dig into. I mean, honestly, man, this is just this is a game changer. Like this is this is one of those things, especially the day before pre-orders go up for the Series S and Series X. What a master stroke of marketing. Uh, man, this this is what we've been looking for from Microsoft for a long time, which is just straight up announcements of exclusive announcements of like, yo, here's why our studios matter. They've been acquiring a whole bunch of studios now up to 23 right? And some of them have been of major consequence. And some of them have just been kind of smaller, building out the library, and have kind of created this narrative of what Game Pass is, right? Of what Xbox exclusives uh, kind of offering can look like. This takes that to a different level. Like this gives them some, some star power, some, some heavy hitters, the likes of Doom and uh, <laughs> Starfield eventually and Elder Scrolls, right? So many questions arise from this of what does this look like? Are they true exclusives? Especially with Deathloop and, and Ghostwire being PS5 exclusive, at least time for a while. At what point is it just pure Xbox and Game Pass exclusives? Or does Xbox look at their library and kind of divide it up in different ways and potentially be like, look, some of our smaller titles, uh, I guess pretty much anything that's not 
Starfield Elder or Scrolls or Fallout. Elder Scrolls or, or Fallout. Yeah, exactly. Everything below that, it's like, cool, that is Xbox exclusive. But those big ones, perhaps those are also on PlayStation because they're not going to say no to the $70 a game. But that's also a real enticing reason to go to Game Pass. There's some strategic moves that they could make here uh, that'd be interesting. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that they bought these and they're going to be exclusive, which to me is the funniest thing about all of this. And it just, if last week has taught us anything, it's that we can only trust what the marketing is saying so far. And otherwise we need to just look at the realities of what's happening and what's in our hands and what we are paying for. Because every single thing that Microsoft and Sony have said in the last couple of years leading up to the this gen launch. Throw it as out. Well, you can put it in a blender. Throw it out. Just, <laughs> like just put it just assign it to to one or the other and then just be like, "Oh yeah, they said that." And it almost doesn't fucking matter because we look at where we're at right now and how many times did Phil Spencer go through the "Oh, exclusives don't really matter." And it's like, "Okay, well, they clearly kind of do." You know, you look at Sony and they're like, "Oh, generations, man." They like we believe in generations. Do you? Because uh, your games are all coming to PS4, and it's just like at the end of the day, who gives a shit about all that stuff? We're about to get a lot of dope ass games and a lot of dope ass places, and I think that like this is such a great move, and I think that Microsoft and Xbox is a fantastic home for Bethesda titles. And something about it to me, bless, it just feels right. Of course, big news day, and what that means, we have a lot of questions. This is the most questions I've ever seen uh, in the basket <laughs> hosting a kind of funny games daily. And so, shout out to y'all, and I want to get to as many of these as possible. Uh, Whisper writes into patreon.com, so it's kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, hey, Tim and bless, holy crap. Xbox has bought Bethesda. That is what <clears throat> that is wild. I don't think many people would have suspected this with the rumors over the last few weeks about them looking at another acquisition. I have so many questions and thoughts on what this means for Xbox, but the big question is, do you do you guys think this means Elder Scrolls 6 and Fallout 5 will be Xbox exclusives? Thanks, Wispa. I've seen a lot of people holding on to the idea with confidence that Microsoft is going to publish these games everywhere, which I don't I, I I don't doubt completely. I think that is a possibility. You mentioned that it would be smart to to grab that $70 on a PlayStation console. That said, I could also see them doing the other thing. I could also see these games being true exclusives. I could also see these games coming out because of course Microsoft publishes their games on PC also. It wouldn't be it's it's actually not at all beyond the realm of possibility that we see these games come out on Xbox and then PC exclusive first, make their way to Switch, because of course, I mean, maybe not Starfield in the in the big mm-hmm. current Bethesda RPGs, but the ones that are applicable make their way to Switch and then maybe down the line or maybe never at all come to PlayStation. Like I think I that's know, a man. possibility. I, I definitely think it's a possibility. I, I think that if I had to bet. I would say that there is an 80% chance that the games are just straight, they're, they're Microsoft exclusive and they don't end up on PlayStation ever. There is a 20% chance though that like things get weird and they, they, they're playing by different rules. Um, but I do think that these moves have all been made strategically for a reason and that reason's to build Game Pass. I think that, yes, this means the games are coming to PC. I imagine day and date with uh, the, them coming to Xbox Series S and X because that has been their strategy. Uh, to build out what Game Pass is and the value of Game Pass and, you know, getting those subscribers because that's what this is all about at the end of the day. Uh, but uh, it is it is exciting. And it, looking at Microsoft, they haven't really, with the exception of Minecraft, right, they mm-hmm. haven't published their games on PlayStation. But we see with Moon Studios now with uh, uh, with Ori, 
that coming to Switch, but they don't own Moon, do they? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Do they own Ori, like the IP? They own Ori. I don't think that they own Moon, though. Yeah, that would make sense. The, they don't, and they also don't. Stu- they don't own Studio MDHR, which is mm-hmm. why that eventually ended up on Switch and then later PS4. Um, I'd be hmm. So anyways. I see the the Minecraft example is probably the biggest one we can point to because it's the only case of Microsoft publishing a game on PlayStation, at least that big, right? Acquiring Moeing and then that game coming to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet for for that, like you have to point out that Microsoft or not Microsoft, uh, Minecraft was already on PlayStation, and then. For a case as weird as that one, where Minecraft already exists as a game and as an ecosystem, and there's already a strategy in place for it, I feel like cutting off, uh, like updates, an arm of revenue, an arm of revenue, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for for Minecraft completely. Doing that for, let's say, Elder Scrolls or Fallout wouldn't make more sense than Minecraft, which is the thing that has me like teetering back and forth of what is the right decision here from, from Microsoft. Because as you mentioned, right, there's strategy here. There are, there are chess pieces being being placed. And with that, is having a big Elder Scrolls game day one on, on Game Pass enough for them to be like, all right, yeah, like that's enough. We've, we've won this battle and we've gotten people to be a part of this ecosystem. So yeah, like let's put it on PlayStation and charge them full price for it. Like how does, that, mean, how does that look for them? Here's the thing. There is a sheer reality to what just happened today. And that reality is $7.5 billion. Yeah. Any frame of reference we put that in, like compare that to the $4 billion of Star Wars being sold, right? Like that is insane that there's that much value here potentially. And it's the proof's in the pudding here. Like it's been proven that, that Bethesda can be worth that. How are they going to make that money back? How are they going to make that money over itself right over time and i think that them investing this hard in game pass is something playstation simply can't do playstation doesn't have the resources and money that microsoft does to be able to invest in something like this and just go fucking balls out crazy i mean <laughs> with, yeah to with even what add, they're doing here to even add to that right like there's a reset era thread going around uh, which states bethesda's acquisition price is 7.5 billion dollars sony's 2013 and 2019 operating profit eight uh, 8.8 billion dollars just to put that into, into perspective on like how much microsoft how much money microsoft has to to essentially throw out throw around uh and do things like this with right versus what sony is actually able to do in terms of acquir- acquiring studios and in and, and building their portfolio like it's wild and there's not really any way to sort of counter this i mean it's nuts it's fucking nuts man like it, there's so much that this this could potentially affect where it's like Deathloop, when it starts on PlayStation 5, is there going to be a Microsoft splash screen, right? Like, we're not going to get a Bethesda press conference ever again. Yeah. Bethesda as a title might not exist because why would it need to, right? Yeah. At, at this point, Tango is mean, just going to be an Xbox studio. studio. Yeah. Uh, I got another question here from Mark Starvaggi writes and it says, Hey, blessing Tim, with the acquisition of Bethesda, is it fair to say that Microsoft is indeed playing Sony's game? I know it's nice to, to say that Game Pass and the shift to active users indicates Xbox doesn't want to compete with PlayStation anymore, but the big moves they have been making say otherwise. They're starting anew, no longer losing by a margin of greater than two to one. A $300 next-gen console and acquiring Bethesda as a first party is Xbox competing, is it not? Yeah, very much. And like that that's why 
put it in a blender and just assign it to one or the other side. It doesn't fucking matter. Like this. They're empty words. Everything about this is just empty where it's like you can talk about strategy all you want. But then when you see the clear strategy happening, it's like, yeah, no, buying Bethesda, that is uh, a move unless they also put the games on PlayStation, in which case Microsoft's very much playing by it. Say, man, we're here for the gamers. Play it anywhere type stuff. If anywhere literally even means PlayStation. We've, We've talked a whole bunch hypothetically about a crazy dream scenario where, yeah, Game Pass is on PlayStation, you know? Like, that's just like Microsoft gets that big with it. And that's not to say Microsoft goes third party. It would be different. They would just become a platform so big that they just want to be everywhere. And the value would be so tremendous even to Sony to have it there because it's not competing. And there's so much factors that go into that because of games coming to Game Pass that Sony has deals with third party wise and and a whole bunch of shit that would get in the way of that. But um, they very much are competing. And here's the thing. I, I've been a huge proponent recently of Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft all winning right now and all playing different games. I still think that even if you're playing different sports on the same field, you're still competing for field space. Yeah. Like you're still competing for an audience to watch that sport or whatever analogy you want to, to use here. So it's like, there's still a competition factor. And I do think that there's going to be some overlapping elements between the things. So I do think that they are still competing, even though I still think all three of them can be doing things that are extremely beneficial, just uniquely to them. And this is such a great thing for, for Xbox. Like this to me is a, a huge injection of win that, that Xbox personally think kind of needed. Uh, to now make it even more relevant and more of a conversation where uh, right before the show, Bless, you were like, so, okay, I'm definitely getting my PS5 and I'm getting a Series S, but maybe with this, I'm getting a Series X. Yeah. And it's like, that's the conversation Microsoft wants you to be having, especially the day before pre-orders. Uh, but on top of that, it's like, yeah, man, like Xbox is, tr- is beginning to make a real solid case for why you need both the PlayStation 5 and a Series Xbox. Yeah, I mean, to to Mark's question here about is Xbox competing? I don't think there was ever the argument that they aren't competing with PlayStation and PlayStation isn't competing with Xbox. Like, in this space, everybody's competing with each other inherently. Like, that's just how things are going to go. I think the argument has more so been that the strategies are, are different. The way in which they're competing compared to previous times are just way different. And I still stick by that. I still do think that Xbox is looking at active users uh more so than just selling a box i do think playstation is trying to sell you on the ps5 uh and 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 i mean with the ps4 stuff right with their games coming to ps4 i think playstation is they are leaning more toward the ecosystem side than i would have expected them to with that but i do still think at the end of the day playstation wants you to buy ps5 xbox on their side of course they want you to buy an xbox series s or x but I do think it is way more about building Game Pass. It is way more about gaining users. It is way more about building a family of devices and way and and software and ways to experience that software that goes way beyond just selling you a box. And I think that is still those are still different strategies. Though, like the more the further and further we, we get with it, the more and more that shit starts to get thrown out as we see that, that the two companies are starting to converge a little bit in the way their strategies have kind of panned out. And so like, ask me again in a few months, a few months, how I feel about uh, how they're competing, but I still stand by right now. I think the, the different strategies still exist. And I still do think that every, every single 
company in a situation between Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo can still get the most out of what they're trying to push here. Like, I still think they can end up all being successful uh, with their different strategies and be, despite competing with each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Video games are cool. I got another question here from Andrew Dramas, who writes in and says, this ZeniMax slash Microsoft news and discussion can go a million different ways. And this is clearly more than just a feather in Microsoft's cap, but I'm immediately struck by three things. One, is this Microsoft saying no more third party and starting a bidding war over that landscape? And do you expect to see similarly monumental deals happening from Microsoft and Sony moving forward? Two, what does this mean for Deathloop and Ghostwire, which we've already answered that, so we don't even have to circle back on that. And then three, uh, what does this speak to in terms of VR and Xbox? ZeniMax has a history with VR and legal trouble with Oculus. Bethesda, by proxy, have been major champions of VR, and Todd Howard himself has been quite vocal about wanting to put VR on console with Xbox's technology. Does Microsoft intend to fund and nurture VR development with ZeniMax now and possibly put forth a console VR peripheral with Xbox? Uh, let's circle back to number one. Tim, how do you feel about this potentially being the, uh, uh, the beginning of a bigger bidding war over the third party landscape? Do you think that, do you think that exists? Do you think that's happening? Uh, Yes and no. I think that by default, there is going to be a, there has been a rush for picking up as many quality third party developers as possible to be first party, to be able to make exclusives for PlayStation or Microsoft, right? We've seen that happen a ton recently but i do think that we're, we're at a place where there's a ton of third-party devs that function either too big or too small to really be likely uh acquisitions and but mm-hmm. I, what i mean by that is like i highly doubt playstation is going to buy square enix you know what yeah. i mean like their square just has too much going on that like I don't see that ever being the case because especially with Square, they have such a a vast library and catalog of games that kind of service different places like the Switch being one of them where there are so many Switch exclusive Square games, right? Um, But then there's like, you know, the smaller, not like above indie teams, but just like smaller third-party things where it's like at some point it's not even worth, they make more money being everywhere than they would being acquired. And then there's, if they did get acquired, they would just kind Mm -hmm. of, fade into obscurity over time or i think that there is a a likely outcome of if a lot of those kind of smaller bc tier uh if we're going like the triple a conversation route teams get gobbled up by a microsoft or sony i can imagine a similar thing like what happened with call of duty and the activision teams uh about a decade ago or within the last decade where a whole bunch of teams got gobbled up um and then just kind of turned into just multiple Call of Duty teams where it's like, oh, bye-bye, Neversoft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bye-bye, like, Raven, you're different now. Like, the games you're working on. Um, so I can imagine that, that that kind of becoming the case. But also looking at Xbox, I, I can see that being the case with some of the studios they already bought over time. Um, like, we'll, we'll see, like, how long yeah. Double Fine is, is putting out games for Microsoft before they're starting to get assigned things that are a bit more Microsoft than they are Double Fine if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, but I just think that, yeah, they're, like this, there's no way that Sony's not like, what can we get? And then Microsoft, Microsoft's clearly making money moves where two months ago, we we're talking about could Microsoft buy WB? They just proved right now they could have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that, that's, a, that's a very huge thing. And, and to your point, I, 
I don't think PlayStation would necessarily go out and buy an EA or a Ubisoft because to what you're saying, doing that, then like it, it goes beyond just the money. Number one, like, yeah, you have to have the money to buy Ubisoft. But then also, once you do that, you then have to manage Ubisoft. You then have to bring on that workforce. You then have to manage those IPs, manage the Rainbow Six and the ongoing games. Like, what does that look like when you're bringing that on to a, a, a first party that already has studios that they're working with, uh, things that they're dealing with, right? Like, PlayStation, uh, uh, PlayStation Studios is already a lot to manage. And I'm sure PlayStation is on the lookout for more studios, but I don't think I don't think the move for PlayStation here is then to go out and be like, all right, we're going to buy EA, or all right, we're going to buy WB, or all right, we're going to buy Ubisoft. Um, and then on the flip side to what you're saying too, like is buying a drink box, for example, you know, what what is going to move the needle for PlayStation versus uh, what is going to be worth buying? Because, you know, PlayStation could buy drink box what right which does guacamelee and games like that but is that worth it for them what is what is a studio for playstation that is that that hits that middle ground of being ideal to to acquire and manage but then also you know not breaking the wallet and also going to move the the needle tim gettys the answer is simple my friend konami oh god playstation needs to buy konami it just fucking yeah. has to happen. If only for the IP. I mean, honestly, that'd be a, that'd be a huge move. The thing that the thing that's crazy about this is that I don't know if there's a move that would make me from PlayStation that would make me go, "Oh yeah, that counters the Bethesda the Bethesda uh, acquisition." Like if if Sony acquired Konami, that'd be huge, right? Because that's Silent Hill, that's Metal Gear, that's Castlevania, that's big. But man, I and this is a question I can ask you right now. Actually, I, I mm-hmm. hinted at this question before we even started the podcast. Tim, first party lineups, like who you got? Like who has the better first party lineup at this point between Xbox and PlayStation? Look, I mean, here's the thing. Better is a a difficult word to use here because if we're talking about quality games, it's still PlayStation. It's PlayStation Studios. Like they make games. They make nines and tens a lot. (laughs) And they have proven it now time and time again over the last six years, whatever you want to call it, right? So Microsoft still has a lot to prove and a lot to catch up to even be able to play in that that level. Having said that, Bethesda's proved that they have a a very, very solid quality lineup of a large amount of games that hit really well. Maybe not tens, maybe not nines, but they got they're the kings. They're the kings. uh, Here's the thing. They're the kings Mm -hmm. of 8.5s with the occasional standouts of nines or tens that for a lot of them just are like sometimes the games i think it doesn't necessarily they don't need to be nines or tens for them to be as impactful like a skyrim for example like mm-hmm. had so many issues at launch and blah 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 and all that stuff but the other day it's skyrim is one of the most influential games and important games of the last yeah the whatever last words you yeah whatever word decade generations doesn't matter it's like elder scrolls fucking matters you know yeah so it's like that's that's pretty damn ridiculous. And that's why like I feel Bethesda and Microsoft just feels right. And it's like at some point, better becomes a, a weird word. They're just both killing it. They're both like both now Xbox and PlayStation. You can look at it and be like, there's gonna be something for you there. And I think that they're very clearly building out the types of gamers, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and you could be both. You could be an Xbox gamer and a PlayStation gamer, but uh Bethesda games. A lot of them feel at home at Game Pass and I think really make Game Pass a much more 
lucrative thing, an exciting thing. Because for a while it was like, all right, Game Pass is fucking awesome because it's such a great value because it's cheap. We're now about to get to a point where it's like it's cheap and there's going to be a consistent release schedule of games that are high quality that we can bet on. You yeah. know. Uh, to Andrew's question about VR and Xbox, I I don't know what the move is there because Andrew, you're right in terms of of uh, Bethesda's investment in VR and how consistent they've been in putting out VR games. I don't know if this is the thing that makes Xbox go, hey, we need to bundle in some sort of VR experience with the console. Like, the PC space still exists there, and Xbox still publishes on PC. Like, Microsoft Flight Simulator just came out on PC. It's coming to console later, but Microsoft isn't above putting out games just on PC. Uh, And with that, like, I think if Bethesda wants to continue to do that, there, there are two things that come to mind here, right? One, they can just put their VR games on PC, but then also, I don't think... Microsoft, I don't think if Bethesda wanted to put out a VR game on PlayStation VR, I don't think Microsoft would be like, no. Microsoft, I think, has been very good about allowing their devs to operate the way they want to. And if Todd Howard and Bethesda are really all about converting their games to VR because they see they see something in that space, I don't think Microsoft would necessarily hold that back by any means. I, I agree. And I think it comes down to, in my opinion, Xbox is not going to focus on their own vr experience i think that that ship has sailed for for them and i think that the with especially now with how they push the game pass and all these ecosystems and stuff it makes more sense for them to double down on other guys that are doing the hardware if we're talking so much about xbox not caring about the box they're not going to care about another piece of hardware exactly get the vr games or whatever on game pass on pc and if you have vr that's just another nice push for you I got another question here from DrummerDuck09 who writes in and says, Hey, Blessing Tim. Wanted to chime in and ask a question around all of the Microsoft and Bethesda news that came out today. Based on how play, based on how PlayStation was being dragged just a few weeks ago about being, quote, consumer-friendly, is today's move by, by Microsoft enough to start those same conversations? To me, it is. This is now the second major third-party studio with no distinctive first-party ties to Microsoft that they've acquired in the last two years, Obsidian being the first. I'm being I'm beginning to wonder if the messaging and good feelings we've heard from Xbox and Microsoft about player choice and freedom this generation are only applicable to those inside the Xbox platform. Thanks as always. Tim, back Sorry, to the that, that really confused me. Back to the consumer friendly conversation pretty much. Like so wait, the, the anti-consumer conversation. Yeah, it, pretty much yeah, anti-consumer is probably what they meant there. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, back back to that though. Like, how does this speak? How does this speak to you as uh, PlayStation? Of course, last month gotten a lot of heat over the Spider-Man Avengers situation. How does this now speak to you in comparison to that? I think they're extremely different situations. I don't like the PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man character in Avengers because Avengers is a, a multi-platform title that focuses on online play, multiplayer, and longevity of a community. That type of game, if it's going to be everywhere, should get the best chance to succeed, and as many people as possible should be able to have the best experience. Uh, first party, getting an uh, acquisition of studios, that to me is not anti-consumer. That is them being pro-consumer for building their brand up and making sure that they have unique quality experiences, exclusive experiences for their consumers. I think that's a very different thing, personally, of mm-hmm. what's anti-consumer and what's not. 
Yeah, I, for me, the Spider-Man situation with Avengers didn't really upset me that much. Like I, that that kind of spoke to me in the sense that hey, this is a competition, and yeah, like companies are gonna buy uh, content, you know, to come to their platform. Like that's just how things go. That I, it kind of reflects to me in the same way as this. I I'm not necessarily happy at the Bethesda acquisition for Microsoft. Like I'm that that that's for a few reasons, right? I play my games on PlayStation. I'll prefer to play my games on PlayStation. Um, I would prefer to play my Fallouts in my Bethesda games on PlayStation. Uh, and so this, to me, is a little bit of a bummer for that. But, like, do your thing. I'm also going to have an Xbox. I also have a PC I can play these games on. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna get mad at it, although I'm not happy with it. Um, but I do understand that it is business. Like, I do understand that that's how, how these things go. And in some sense, like, could this... Th- this could potentially make Bethesda games better, right? If they have the security of Microsoft, if they have the resources of Microsoft, what does that do to their games? We'll see. Like, the, the jury's out. But, you know, that that can possibly make those games better. And so, in that sense, cool. Um, but I don't... I don't I, I I can't I don't really I don't really want to speak to it in a pro-consumer versus anti-consumer way. To me, this is just business. Like this is just how this thing goes. And that's what it is. It's like yeah, the anti-pro-consumer conversation is so bizarre. Where it's like, uh, is this for the consumer? It's like, well, yes and no. It's like yeah, it's to give them products. But why are you trying to give them products to make money? Like they're trying to make money. That's the end all be all of it. But if resulting from that is a focus on quality games. I don't know. I personally, I, I get that this is an extremely privileged take and it just is where it is where I am lucky enough that I've lived my life some way that for the last couple generations, I've been able to own both Xbox and PlayStation and have been able to play the games I want in the, the place that I prefer mm-hmm. every single time, right? And I'm going to continue to be able to do that going forward. Having said that, for me personally... I look at it and I would rather a lot of these guys be first party exclusives because I think more care gets put into those games. And I also think that that allows when they do these showcases, it allows them to have something that is exciting and distinct to them to allow the brands to have a distinct voice and a distinct library. That means that it gives a, a, a definition to Xbox. It gives a definition to PlayStation. You know, when we see the PlayStation Studios logo, we expect a level of quality from that. I want to get there with Xbox uh, Game Studios. And I think that it's going to take a little bit longer than we currently are at. Like, we're still, somehow we're still in a place where it's like we're still waiting for, you know, those big monumental Xbox first-party titles. But we're going to start getting them. And I now more than ever with this purchase, with this many teams making games that we've are, are of a proven quality, we're going to get it from Xbox this generation. It's going to happen. We have a few more questions about this topic, but we're far into the show. And so I'm going to hold those for maybe the post show, maybe reader mail. We'll see how much time we have left in the show once we get there. But to move on, though, story number two, Hades is a huge success. I'm pulling from two different articles. I'm going to start with this first one from GameSpot, which writes, Hades has sold one million copies. This is Gabe Gerwin. Just a few days after exiting its early access stage and becoming a full game, Supergiant's Hades has already managed to hit 1 million total sales. Of this number, about 300,000 occurred since its official release. In its announcement on Twitter, the developer thanked players for not only purchasing the game, but for helping to shape its development during the early access phase. During this period, it was only available on PC, but it has since released for Nintendo Switch as well. 
I also have the second article from Paul Tassi at Forbes who writes, Hades, Hades has quietly become one of the best reviewed games of the year. You probably think you probably think you know what the best reviewed games of 2020 are at this point, as they contain long running series or AAA blockbusters or both. But you may not realize that flying under the radar is one of the, is one game in particular, Hades, which is actually one of the highest scoring games of the year, something both critics and fans agree on. According to Metacritic, Hades currently has a 91 on PC from critics and a 9.2 from fans. On Switch, those numbers are even higher, a 94 from critics and a 9.5 from fans, albeit with fewer scores in. Uh, that puts Hades in some truly astonishingly good company for all of 2020 uh the top 10 on metacritic uh arranged by ratings go like this uh number one persona 5 royal at 95 number two the last is part two at 93 number three uh half-life alex at 93 number four microsoft flight simulator at, num- at 92 and then at number five hades at 91 and number so six Spelunky 2 at 91 uh yeah. which another game that just came out so that's that's pretty yeah. nuts no, that's that's pretty nuts. I've been playing Hades over the weekend, and that game is fantastic. Uh, shout out to Super Giant Games. This this one this one is one of those cases where I I think this is kind of a shining example of how early access can be a great thing. Because speaking to to folks who have played this game at the beginning of early access compared to now, like I was having conversations about how yeah, like during early access, the the combat at point at points was kind of sticky, and like you know they they could they needed improvements here and there playing the final product playing this 1.0 release the game feels supremely polished the voice acting is great the the visuals are beautiful the soundtrack is amazing like hades is a phenomenal game and i highly recommend people go check it out because i've been having a blast with it i plan to talk about it more probably on gamescast and ps love you like it is a great game so congratulations to Supergiant. everyone that i know that's been playing it loves it andy loves it imran loves it i'm sure we're gonna be talking about a lot on the different shows Exactly. Story number three, PlayStation apologizes for the pre-order debacle. This is from at PlayStation on Twitter. They, t- they tweeted this out uh, a couple days ago saying, let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we'll release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details. And more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. This, this one caught me off guard it's when weird. I saw it. Yeah, it's, it's like off-putting. Like it feels fake for a second. This is one of those tweets you look at and you're like, "Did they spell that username right? Like, is this real or is this like someone playing?" Because this feels a little bit too personal. Like, like person, personal. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, the fact that PlayStation started a tweet with "Let's be honest." Mm-hmm. Off the bat, I was like, I was like, I was with you. I was like, man, all right, who's tricking me right now? But uh, I, I mean, I guess good for them on on apologizing. The pre-order situation over the weekend, or not even over the weekend, last week was pretty terrible I, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree it was it was bad um and i know greg greg recapped it with i believe felicia day on that episode but yeah like you know they came out playstation conference afterwards i think it was jeff uh keely or somebody who was like keely, pre-orders yeah. are going live tomorrow or whatever that was and then pre-orders immediately started going live from walmart and then retailers started picking backing piggybacking off of that i got a question here from kyle who writes in and says Who's to blame for PS5 pre-order fiasco? Will Xbox Series S and X experience be the same? Over the weekend, Sony commented on the pre-order issues from last week, saying, quote, let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have gone smoother, end quote, but didn't explain exactly what went wrong. Where do you think the blame lies? Did Sony not adequately instruct retailers, or did retailers just go rogue starting with Walmart? If you feel like it's the latter, 
what will stop retailers from doing the same ahead of Microsoft's commitment at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time pre-order starting tomorrow for the Xbox Series X and S. Uh, love your work and keep gaming daily. Kyle, Tim, let's let's start at the beginning of this question. Will the Xbox Series S and X pre-order situation be the same? Here's my thing. It's going to be a million times worse. Like, this is the damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Like, at the end of the day, and I know I'm going to get shit for this take, but it's okay because I believe it wholeheartedly. At the end of the day, there are only a limited amount of these systems available. We knew that they were going to go. We knew they were going to go fast. There's a culture surrounding this type of thing that there's a hype around it. And when there is short supply and a lot of demand, it's difficult to get your hands on things. And guess what? It was, I bet it's going to be way easier to have gotten your hands on a PlayStation over the six retailers that dropped uh, last week versus Mm -hmm. all of them dropping at once at the same time. Uh, tomorrow morning at a very public date that has already been uh, like probably bought into hell and all the scalpers are able to like plan around this and attack like once the scalpers are involved and once they have time to have a strategy like that's when this shit falls fucking apart so we'll see i'm i'm gonna be waking up tomorrow and i'm gonna try my best to get one but i am i am more scared about getting my hands on the series x tomorrow than i was about getting a ps5 yeah, and I'm I'm in a similar place. Like getting a PlayStation Five was somewhat a tra- somewhat of a trash fire, like in terms of the rollout. But I was able to get my hands on one. I was able to get my hands on two. I'm canceling one of my pre-orders just uh, because I wanted to be safe with it. But like it wasn't. If, if you were there in the moment, it wasn't too difficult to find one. Uh, despite to, it, I feel like you just being had a to trash work fire. You know, yeah, like you just had to pay attention. Yeah. Really, is what it came down to. You like you had to be refresh active in Best terms Buy of throughout the day, yeah, all day. Refre- refresh Twitter. Like people, people were coming out saying when the when the different retailers were were going live. Now, I am not looking now, forward to but, tomorrow. Hold on, I, real quick, I do want to say because I don't want to like come off like that's the end of my statement because I do mm-hmm. want to say that PlayStation still fucked up and oh, needed yeah. to apologize because they said they weren't going up till the next day. They said yes. tomorrow, and like that is like absolutely not helping anybody exactly so that was a shitty thing and at least we we're all paying attention so we were able to like maneuver and get our hands on some of these playstations but uh but yeah that's like, if, if you happen a- to like be asleep or taking a nap during that time i do understand that that's fucked and you wake up and all of a sudden ps5s are sold but, out like that is a I fucked situation like, i feel like it still worked out for some people I, I had a friend hit me up uh and was like hey man do you know where i can get one and i was like nah it's like seven o'clock no i think it was like 9.30, and I was like, you missed your chance, mm-hmm. man. Amazon went up at, like, 7.45. Uh, and then later, at, like, 11 o'clock, Best Buy had it up again. And I hit him up, and he got one. Um, yeah. Do you guys think there's any chance that uh, tomorrow uh, Sony tweets out, like, oh, hey, look, there's more available? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. honestly. I mean, with how they're throwing punches right now, both sides, like, I, yeah, I would not be surprised at all if they did some yeah. shit. Like at the funny. end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's going to sell out. And like, that's the thing is like, I, I understand that there's an argument being made of like, if I'm trying to buy your console, I should be able to give you money and get the thing that I want. And it's like, cool, but they need to be able to make enough of those things for that to be true. Or else they're just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. We're, we're, this is all we have. Like, no matter what way mm-hmm. we do this, there's going to be people that wanted to get it. Good people that wanted to buy this thing that are going to miss out. No matter what uh, the strategy is. 
to Kyle's question of where do you think the blame lies? Like, I mean, I'm I automatically point the finger to PlayStation because they're the ones who are selling PlayStations. Like, they're the ones who said that pre-order is going to be at a specific time. That said, like it seeing it happen in the moment, it seemed like Walmart were the ones that were like, "Hey, yo, fuck it!" <laughs> like, we're we're doing this now, and everybody just followed suit because, like, if they're doing it, we're gonna do it. And so, who knows? But at the end of the day, like, it's PlayStation's cross to bear. Look, here's the thing. I, I I don't know too many specifics, but I do know at least some retailers from connections that I have had specific times that they were planning on going live. And that, to me, that leads me to believe that other retailers were aware of when they were allowed to or not go up. And so I think that everyone made their own decisions. Like I think that all mm-hmm. like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, all of them, I think that at the very least, someone was aware, clearly, because they went live. <laughs> like, it's not like PlayStation yeah. didn't tell them, and it was just like, oh, I guess now we can just put up these pre-order pages. It's like, that's not how that works. At some point, they were told that they could do it. Uh, does that mean that every store and every manager and every person's aware? No, probably not. But again, I think this all goes back to them understanding the supply that they have. Tim, I want to make our way to story number four. But before I do, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by Logitech. Logitech has been my go-to for a long time when it comes to gaming headsets and their pro X wireless lightspeed gaming headset is a game changer. Based on the award-winning pro gaming headset design, Pro X wireless headset features high-quality materials, advanced communications, precision audio, and total wireless freedom. It's a high-performance Pro X gaming headset with light-speed wireless technology and up to 20-plus hours of battery life. It also features a detachable pro-grade microphone featuring real-time blue voice technology, including passive noise isolation, compressor limiter, and more for clean, professional voice comms. It doesn't stop there, as there's also the advanced Pro-G 50mm drivers, which deliver clear and precise sound imaging with improved bass response. Hear footsteps and environmental cues with clarity to give you the competitive advantage. You can also experience this headset's supreme comfort and durability for a limited time. Logitech G is offering our listeners 10% off select products at logitechg.com. Use code KFGAMES for 10% off today. That's 10% off select Logitech G products with the promo code KFGAMES. We're also brought to you by Klarna. Thanks to Klarna for supporting Kind of Funny Games Daily in Sweden. They don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app in Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. Pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. Get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save money. Create and share wish lists of items with friends and family from anywhere online. It's a fun, easy way to show what kind of products you like. Tim loves how easy it is to find what you're looking for and get set up. Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedisher way to shop online. It's the one-stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online, all-in-one app, and allows you to pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. Lastly, we're brought to you by HelloFresh. 
Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Kind of funny loves HelloFresh. Tim says Gia made him a pork ragu recently. And dang, son. That's that's exactly what he wrote that's for me. That's a direct quote. Dang, son. He, he actually said the D word, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the that. D word. <laughs> I think I think we could say damn. We can say <laughs> damn during the ads. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't mind that. Damn. It was damn good, guys. It was it damn was good. damn good. HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh offers so many delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut and try new things. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. Keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe, including contactless delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. Go to HelloFresh.com Games80 and use code Games80 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your, bo- on your, on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Remember, that's HelloFresh.com Games80. And use code Games80 to get a total of $80 off your first month. Damn, son. Damn. Story number son. four. Uh, devs behind Skullgirls and Indivisible have formed a new game studio. This is a press release that came into my email this morning. Uh, a veteran team of artists, programmers, and designers behind the award-winning games Skullgirls and Indivisible have banded together to form Future Club, a cooperatively structured independent game studio founded with the goal of creating games with handcrafted art and traditional 2D animation, engaging and responsive gameplay, and unique and memorable worlds. Quote, we love classic games and are mega influenced by them, but we picked the name Future Club because we want to think of the future too, says Jonathan Kim, senior animator. Quote, we want to make sure games that inspired kids and adults or we want to make games that inspire kids and adults as much as our old favorites inspired us. 2D hand-drawn animation has, long, has a long future ahead of it, and we want to see how far we can push the medium. Like the games that influenced us, our goal is to create games that are compelling and beautiful enough to be remembered long after their time, end quote. Earl Gertwagen, designer, explains why the team believes a co-op structure is so important to collaborative game design. Quote, games aren't the sole effort of a single developer. We're a highly diverse team of 15 developers, including artists, animators, programmers, and designers, and we shipped our past games as a group effort of teamwork and communication. A co-op structure lets us put that philosophy into reality and gives us all an equal role in shaping our future as a company alongside the games we make, end quote. You may be asking yourself, and this isn't the article anymore, this is me, uh, you may be asking yourself, where in the world did Future Club come from? How did this come to be? Uh, I got... A follow-up article from Patrick Klepik at Vice, who writes, Future Club has an interesting origin. Just a few weeks ago, the acclaimed developer of Skullgirls and Indivisible, Lab Zero Games, imploded in the wake of multiple waves of accusations against owner Mike Z, uh, Mike Zaymont, including allegations of inappropriate sexual comments and a toxic workplace. After a number of high-profile employees at Lab Zero quit in protest 
uh, at a perceived lack of accountability and change, everyone else but Zaymont was in unceremoniously laid off. Rather than simply scatter into the winds in the middle of an ongoing pandemic, a group of 16 former employees of Lab Zero have decided to band together under a new banner called Future Club. Most importantly, Future Club is fundamentally different and unique is a fundamentally different and unique kind of developer. Uh, it's a worker-owned co-op where there is shared power among employees. So like a beautiful end to a somewhat tumultuous story, right? Like the the studio went up in flames. People, people were accused of doing bad shit. People said, or people got laid off and they were like, all right, instead of just, you know, being jobless, let's make this cool thing. And they made it happen. So shout out to that. It's a cool totally. story. Yeah. Hopefully this all works out for them. Yeah, it's interesting seeing, you know, especially on like the smaller dev side uh, of things, like the different tactics being put in place to be successful because games are hard to make. They take a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of money. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, like this co-op stuff, th these aren't the first people to do this. But I, I think that there's going to be a trend towards I think that this is going to really work out for a certain level uh, of devs. And I, I think that they potentially could be one of them. Yeah. And and this pandemic, of course, has been awful, been like a very terrible thing to happen. but uh within the wake of that right like we've seen we've seen companies shift strategy we've seen new ideas uh uh been given birth right and this is one of those things where all right like maybe this cool thing is going to birth out of this horrible situation like we'll we'll have to wait and see but of course yeah devs from school who worked on school girls and indivisible like they 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 obviously know what they're doing doing with animation i'm excited to see whatever they put out then our last story, story number five, you can now stream your Xbox One games to your Android phone for free. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is releasing a new Xbox app for Android today that includes an overhaul design and the ability to remotely play Xbox games streamed directly from your console. The Xbox Remote Play feature, known previously as console streaming, lets you remotely connect to an Xbox One console and play games you've already downloaded to it. This is different from Microsoft's xCloud service, as anyone with an Android phone, Android phone can now stream all their their games directly from their own Xbox One console. xCloud, can, XCloud currently only works with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate titles, and games are streamed from Microsoft's cloud servers instead. So there you go. You now got your, uh, your remote play. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised, actually, that this hasn't existed before. Uh, but cool. Again, next gen. Kev, what's it about? Uh, convenience exactly and that convenience starts now because xbox they don't care about generations it's all the same thing xbox game pass tim i'm really excited to see the ways in which next gen continues to be about convenience but next gen is so far away if i want to know what's coming out right now to mom and grab shops where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday do 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 yeah out today we got tales of event tale for pc uh iron seed 25th anniversary edition for pc and mac california games 2 for pc ducktopia for pc and mac frederick spelt with a three for pc songs of six for pc and mac and then gorst 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 g-o-r-s-d gorst for consoles and Steam is out today. I'm going to say uh, it right now. Nothing in the history of anything should ever be spelt with a number. Like, you never should have to oh, say, yeah. oh, it's Kevin spelt with a three. No, 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 no. I don't want that. Unless it's Fast 10 Furious. That's the only time Damn. I will allow it. 
tell him Tim Gettys. Of course, this is where we transition to Reader Mill, but we had so many questions during that original story, the story number one about Xbox, that, uh, I mean, that was all Reader Mill pretty much. And so uh, stay tuned for the post show if you want to get some extra questions in. For now, let's squat up. Tyler Wallace writes in with a squat up on PS4 and says, not really playing anything uh, at the moment. Just wanted to see if any KF best friends want to add another to the PlayStation friends list. If your PlayStation friends list is looking kind of empty and you want somebody to add, go ahead and add Tyler Wallace with the PSN username, Tyler underscore Dur underscore Den underscore. That is Tyler Durden. Tyler underscore Dur underscore Den underscore. Tim. <laughs> Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you were wrong, where you write and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. There is a lot, but it's all the same thing, which is uh, people kind of trying to find the uh, acquisitions. Borzin00 bringing in Activision Blizzard. That, that was a big one. Oh, I see. Because you asked the question of was, what was the biggest yeah. uh, games acquisition. Okay, yeah, no, Activision Blizzard is definitely a huge one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Neil Bodger says, "Bless you said the Bethesda purchases closes at the second half of 2021, but it's the end. It's the second half of the fiscal year 2021, which is normally in April for video games. I probably should have clarified that because that was the IGN article that said that verbatim, and I also did read on Twitter that yeah, the the deal is supposed to close within the first half of next year, uh, being the second half of fiscal year 2021." Uh, we got some stuff that we already corrected, so we're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, Nanobodge says, Bless Miss, that with the new Xbox app, you can now tell your Xbox to pre download games you don't own yet, even if you haven't pre ordered a game before launch. And then Zanfair says, for clarification, uh, the ability to stream from your Xbox One console to your Android device had been available, though, through, oh, throughout the, the, the closed beta period, I see. So, yeah. Hold on. Nanobiology says, bless me that with the new Xbox app, you can now tell your Xbox to pre-download games you don't own yet, even if you haven't pre-ordered a game before launch. Wait. That seems, like, I get it. Of like, okay, cool, you download oh. it, and then it just doesn't unlock. You can't play it until you buy it or, or whatever, mm. but... I'm Is he struggling. talking about Xbox Game Pass? No, no, no. It's any game. If you don't own it, you don't have it pre-ordered. So it's not Game Pass games. It would be, like, third-party titles, like random other games. But, like, I'm struggling to think of a use case for that. I'm sure there's a good one. I'm sure there's a good one. <laughs> I don't get it. That confuses me. I'm lost. But as long as you get it, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, this week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Uh, tomorrow, it's me and Emron. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary Widow. Thursday, it's Greg and me. And then Friday, it's me and Tim. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time. Before that, up, 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 up. What, not what? done yet. Everyone in the chat is being led by Jeff Grubb screaming disc, disc, disc. Um, I guess the point is you download the game. So then you put the disc in as the key to unlock it. So you don't need to download stuff uh, for if you're a physical game collector. Totally cool. Again, Kevin, what's it about? It's convenience. Thank you very much. See you guys later.
Until next time, Game Daily.